Okay, hello and welcome to the Hockey Development Talk. Today I'm joined by Jack Rolf. Morning, Jack. Morning, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. A few technical problems this morning, haven't we, to get here? <laughs> uh, seems to be the theme of my podcast right now. A few, a few technical issues day in, day out. Technology. Um, but <laughs> but welcome, welcome to the podcast. Um, hopefully the uh, the listeners will understand your, your journey to where you've got to and we can uh, to find out exactly... Uh, how you've managed to create such a wonderful set of cards, but also <laughs> all this coaching that you've done and your education, etc. So it's fascinating for me. It's been so, an adventure. Well, yeah, great to, to understand how it, it's all happened. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet you before the adventure began, really. So uh, it's great to have you on so early in this journey. Thank you very much for your um, time and thanks for your efforts yeah. with growing the game as well with your particular yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit weird that people like to listen to me ramble away, <laughs> but, but, but we're here now. Um, cool. Well, I'll let you do your introduction to, to who you are and uh, why, why you're really here. Um, I suppose quite fresh into the coaching world, Gary. Um, kind of still only 22, um, a recent graduate from Canterbury Christchurch in sports coaching science. And it's been a pretty cool adventure in the past kind of four years since I started coaching and racked up a fair few miles and ticked off some pretty cool places and some great environments um <laughs> but now putting that kind of into action as a full-time hockey coach work at St Lawrence College uh down in Ramsgate in Kent and you know continuing my learning and continuing my adventures but ultimately putting all that theory from uh from university and from courses I've been on and places I've been into practice excellent excellent so just let's just talk about that that uh, university experience um uh, what, what what did you gain from going to the university there? What what did you what did you study really? And sort of give me a bit more in depth into that coaching world that you you sort of jumped into. Mm. So I suppose when I first started university, I had no intentions of really coaching. Uh, it was always the intention was to be a PE teacher, like any kind of half decent hockey player that loves sport and loves being outside. Was well, I should be a PE teacher? Uh, and I went to the open day, and Andy Ballston, who um, Grace Paulson is his daughter. Uh, so we had kind of a few mutual connections and he was in charge of the coaching course and got talking and he said, why don't you do the coaching course instead? I said, oh, it's a bit too late, isn't it? I start about three weeks. And he goes, no, never too late. Um, so I changed course quite late. So unintentional and believe everything happens for a reason. So I changed course. Uh, in all honesty, Gary had no idea what to expect because it was still quite fresh. Um, and Canterbury is an excellent place. It's one because it's got some great hockey, but the heritage for for hockey coaches from Canterbury Christchurch is, is pretty cool. Um, so Danny Carey used to be a lecturer. Uh, Kevin Johnson used to be a, pu- uh, a student. Uh, and I think there's uh, Dave Bundy, I think I've got his name correct there, is involved with Canada at the moment. So there's a lot of people that have gone through, and obviously Grace Balson's gone through and are now part of GB. Um, so it's got a good hockey heritage, and that's fantastic for me because it meant I could have great conversations conversations every day about hockey um but continually link my theory to practice which i was incredibly mm. grateful for no that sounds pretty cool doesn't it really yeah yeah um so obviously you went there you were for three years was that correct three years yeah three years okay uh, fell any years, so, what was yeah. going on hockey wise down there what did you what did you get involved in a local club or yeah yeah so before i arrived kind of sent a short message to uh, i think annie hair just the jdc kind of coordinator and Thought, you know, start the bottom, just get a few hours on the side. Um, and thought I'd play for the university. At the time. Um, 
and actually uh, walked out of my initiation in my first week of freshers, which left a bit of free time uh, Wednesday afternoon. So I ended up working at Kent College in Canterbury, okay. which was absolutely fantastic. Um, Mick Clark, who's just left, uh, was a great mentor to me and Craig Boyne, who's still there. Um, yeah. So I did a lot of work at Kent College, uh, working across all the year groups in boys and girls hockey term, but then also at Canterbury Hockey Club and just getting involved in every bit, little bit of possible coaching there was going. Nice. Nice. And then at the end of that, uh, you, you sort of obviously looked at different routes for your coaching um, mm. and then uh, have still gone on with more education. So you're still you're still learning around the game, but you, you're specific to the Coaches for Europe programme. Is that correct? Yep. With the European Hockey Federation. OK. So what does that entail? Um, so it's incredibly lucky. Um, so that entails two year programme uh, for I call them adventures. But they call them seminars. Um, so we do four seminars across two years. We have two per year, and usually they're in mainland Europe. So we've had a couple in, we had one in Belgium, uh, one in Holland. Uh, we've got to go to Glasgow. So in April, and then we're going to Sportsways in Amsterdam in the last week of August 2019. So okay. four practical seminars uh, with some guest speakers and some good conversations, and then in the middle of that. Um, it's kind of with a WhatsApp group, which is kind of informal learning uh, where people put their ideas out. But then also we've got that formal side of it where, you know, we've got Skype calls and got our mentors that, that we can tap. Excellent. Excellent. OK, so, I mean, that's edu- educationally. Obviously, you, you, you did A-level, do a traditional A-level that you did? Uh, yeah, uh, didn't yep. find school too easy, Gary. Uh, no. Being dyslexic, uh, okay. I just wanted to play a lot of hockey. Uh, yeah. And that didn't we all? <laughs> it worked and it was fine. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, incredibly fortunate. I ended up going to Canterbury yeah. Christchurch and yeah, very supportive. Yeah. I mean, that's great for anybody listening that's obviously thinking about university themselves. And, you know, you're, you're still a very young man to be, to be out here doing the, the stuff that you've done. But, you know, you've chosen a good university. You, mm. You've got the work experience in early, which has then given you the opportunity to go on to a fantastic coaching mm. program. Um, to gain even further work experience in some respects, but across Europe and not just in the UK. And just on the university one, Gary, um, we're quite lucky. We had a CPD budget um, and originally it started at £250 kind of per year and we're allowed to go on courses and conferences. Uh, I think my £250 probably got doubled and tripled um, because I asked for quite a bit and was incredibly fortunate. I'd go on every single possible conference. Um, involved with coaching and you know and seminars and whatever just because they were really supportive of that and that really helped me link my theory to practice and send me in a certain direction with my coaching right I mean that's fantastic and well done you really for for doing that during your studies because you know some people uh, struggle with that and then and they struggle with that physically and mentally as well in the fact of they're trying to keep up to date with work they're they're trying to get this work experience in they're trying to get cpd in and then the quality of work obviously decreases when they don't get the time management right so you know credit to you for for yeah. that yeah. um okay let's just have a quick talk about hockey itself mm-hmm. uh, hockey career how you know the little bit of coaching where did that begin um you know so just just talk us back just take us all the way back really when when did you start um started with a school program so yeah went to state school uh had absolutely no idea what kind of hockey was i suppose in year five uh like every young boy a bit of football and 
as you do. Um, and I do not know what the click was, Gary, but there was a poster on the wall at my school and back home in Buckinghamshire. And it said, after school hockey club. And I thought, well, I'll just turn up. And I went. Uh, Six-week programme um, down at Ellsbury Hockey Club with a guy called Trevor Chandler. Who's a bit of a, and got a few weeks in. My dad used to drop me off and mum picked me up. And one day, you know, Trevor rang my dad and said, oh, Jack's pretty good. And dad said, I think you've got the wrong child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know Positive what you're talking talk about. Positive talk from your dad. I like yeah, that. exactly. Um, and then he said, come down to the club on a Wednesday. And I thought, okay, why not? Uh, and didn't look back, Gary. I had a great experience. Um, provided with good opportunities and a good welcoming environment. Um, so I started Valesbury, went on to play at Milton Keynes for a couple of years, and then on to Marlow just before I left university, for university, sorry. Okay, that's it. Uh, so with uh, with Aylesbury, um, what sort of age was that? Uh, I was year, probably year five, so what does that equate okay. to? Probably about 10, 11? Yeah, 9, yeah. 10, 11, mm. yeah, around there. So yeah, okay, that's pretty cool, isn't it, that they took you on that, I mean, you know, sort of all them years back, and we're looking now and still getting trying to get clubs to to take on kids, you know, between five to eight, and um, you know, really trying to engage that. So obviously, you engaged at an early age there, and the club have done have done remarkably well. So you know, we're fortunate to have you in our sport, thanks to to them and the coach there. So you know, mm, yeah. that's awesome. What did, what did hockey look like then from the three different clubs? There, obviously, you got three different clubs' experiences. You know, what what did you take away from there? You thinking, oh, I quite I, this is the because obviously you were learning. You know. Chatting yep. to you and, and that you've obviously picked up bits along the way, and I'm assuming that that journey through the three clubs you've picked up different bits, bits of top tips along the way that you thought I'm going to try and look into that. Yep, um, and I suppose alongside that, and done a bit of travelling and, and seeing other clubs within Europe. Yep. Uh, yep. I suppose I started quite young, so when I was at Ellsbury, I had no real idea of yeah. what good coaching or bad coaching was. Yeah, uh, I knew if it was a good session or a bad session because. I'd come off quite happy or I'd come off with like, oh, I'm freezing cold. What have I, what yeah. have I done? I've touched the ball twice. Yeah. Um, I thought Marlow was a great club. Did some really, really good stuff. Uh, promotes okay. junior as well. And the end in mind is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. In terms that's of, good. they know what they're doing. And I think that's obviously proven in recent years with yeah, a couple of national titles being won there. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And obviously, um, that you know the the junior section growing and, and stuff like that is another a huge uh recognition that they've obviously got it got it going right there so coaching when where did coaching set up you've got you've got three clubs before you went off to uni did you do any like young leader program coaching where did that start? uh not at all for my coaching i think i need to thank mike joyce uh massively um so i did futures cup when i was 17 18 um had a pretty damn wicked team um, and ended up winning that, and you know, people like Liam Sanford, Jack Turner have all gone on to, to play for senior England. Yeah. Um, I think nine out of the 18 boys in the squad went on to play uh, senior or junior international hockey, and there was nine of us that didn't. I was one of those, um, and right. Mike, Mike Troy said, I right, you to come and do some coaching, and I had no idea what future sports was at the time. I had no real idea what Mike did outside of of hockey in terms of a bit of skiing in Switzerland and that. Yeah. Um, and he said, just come along. And I had a week in Northampton and, you know, met Panda and met all these people. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. This is really great. Uh, so I think that's where my first coaching experience really came from. And unintentional, didn't apply for anything. Um, okay. It just naturally happened. Yeah. And what did you take from that then? 
So obviously the coaching's beginning there. You've you've gone into future sports. It's a massive, massive, massive camp. Um, it's probably wowed you. I would imagine you've got yep. sort of walked in and thought, "Wow, what have I done here?" Mm. <laughs> probably. Um, but what did, what did you take away? What 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 sort of? There was obviously a spark there that's gone. This is for you. So uh, I suppose the people you mix with, because there's always yep. people with way better knowledge than you, uh, and actually probably way better players. So there's a nice combo. During the day, you'd learn from the players, and probably during the evenings, we had some very late night conversations where we'd just be open forum and we'd just chat hockey. Um, so, I think the connection with people was was massive for me. Okay. That's good. That's good. And, and and again, that's that's for coaches and youngsters out there. That connection is key. You know, mm-hmm. we we think about what goes on on the pitch, and we think about the coaching sessions. But do we think about all the other bits that actually make this the the tick, you know, the big tick sheet. And for you, it was about that connection, and mm. it was about trying to build bonds on and off the pitch. And you know, and with the coaching that. side, yeah. Gary, yep. I work on the fear. If you don't ask, you don't get. Absolutely, um, and that's a theory that I've I've stuck with for for the past few years. That actually, if you ask a question, you probably will get a response. But if you don't yeah. ask it, you know, you're not going to get anything, and you're not going to learn. Um, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Well, you just get told no, I suppose. And yeah, exactly. Just go away and think, okay, well, I won't do it there. I'll do it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that's a great attitude to have around it. Um, obviously, after leaving Marlow, you've gone to the uni, you, you started coaching there. Do you want to just go into a bit of stuff that you, you sort of, you did at Canterbury at the at the club and the other bits of work experience you did there, going into a bit more depth. I know you touched on that earlier, but sort mm-hmm. of let's try and have a look at it. What, what you were doing there and what any key takeaway takeouts that you might you might have. Mm. Um, so one of the big things with Canterbury, I started with the under sixteen boys, yeah. And you kind of just see your under sixteen boys because the club is so big. Um, one of the challenges was was one how do you create a line across the whole club if you had an idea, um, mm-hmm. but also just getting out of your own age group and going to see other people. Uh, um, I think the club now is probably we're looking at six hundred plus juniors with nine plus men's teams it's an unbelievable club with three pitches and an indoor center tennis center i was quite in a closed bubble when i first started um and had to be quite proactive of just asking questions and going to watch first team training yeah Um, yeah what did you take from that you've you've turned up to first team training for the first time is that when kwan brown was there as well uh, yeah, Quan was yeah. there at the time. Yeah. Um, so I managed to watch a few sessions with Quan and grateful that I actually now work with Quan um, yeah. here at St. Lawrence College. So, okay. yeah. So, well, you've watched it for the first time. You've watched first team training for the first time. Can, can yeah. you remember anything? Did you take anything away and you think, wow, I need to, to start looking at something like that? Or I'm just trying to get to the. To yeah. The... yeah where... uh, I think how everything connected was one. Yeah. How actually one from the warm up would lead to session one would lead to the exercise two and, and continue uh, yeah. rather than right, let's just do a couple of laps at a pitch and then we'll do a bit of rondo and then we'll just do some three man weave or two v ones whatever actually everything really connected okay. um, and it was really purposeful and obviously they've got games on the weekend so their end in mind is slightly different to within youth hockey yeah. um, but the reflection from the weekend and the uh-huh. looking and the outlook to the forward weekend mm. So session design was possibly something that you, you you probably thought around a little bit more. So absolutely, and still we're, we're, still get my head around really it now. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's something that uh, that still. I think it challenges every coach because you you kind of know where you want to get to with within a session, and the players are probably if you if you're coaching um, <clears throat> quite well at the moment, you you'll be really engaging those players, and you'll be trying to figure out where they're trying to get to as well. So you've mm. got your end in mind, but actually to get that session to link to what needs to occur to then also link to the next session as well. You know, it mm. takes, it, you know, it takes a bit of time. It isn't just about thinking at two o'clock before your six thirty session. Oh, I better start planning my session, which is possibly what mm. I used to do a few years ago. So, <laughs> and I think you can get aware of it, Gary, but yeah. and probably did quite early on. Yeah. But now the players you're working with can see straight through you when you, yeah. when you rock up and you haven't got a plan, they can uh, totally uh, read through you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, the more that players are exposed to higher level coaching, that more inquisitive thinking for themselves, that more player engagement as well, mm. um, that you know they they start to understand processes, they start to understand session design, and go how you know when it is a it has, doesn't link, they go well, well, what are we doing? <laughs> and mm. so yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. And, you know, that's a that's a cracking takeaway from watching watching the session there. Mm. Okay, and I think one thing with that quickly, Gary, was um, kind of the use of a leadership group. Mm-hmm. So actually, what is the feeling within the camp? What have they? Because okay. I think you could have your your tactical periodization where you say, right, we do this, then we do this, and we do this week by week. Yeah. But actually, that could change. Um, yeah. And if the players within the camp say, actually, I think we probably need to focus on this a little bit more, or mm-hmm. we need to twist this and turn this up and down. That was really powerful for me, was just having conversations with people before and during games and before the training sessions was was really powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's, a, that's great. That's great. And, and again, just, just getting to know you over the, the time, that, that doesn't surprise me that you've looked at that. It doesn't surprise me that you've gone into the detail. You know, you, you're very thorough with the stuff that we've that we've chatted around over the time. Mm. You're very, you're very, very thorough. And that, that worked out into, you know, the, the stuff we'll come on to later with the coaching lab, you know, what you've produced mm. is, you know, it's, it's insane. Um, and it's great. So, I mean, and, and that just shows you just how hard work and dedicating a bit of research that you've done, you've gone boom. But so we'll come to, we'll, we'll yeah. park that for a minute. We'll come to that. Coaches for Europe, that program. Yep. There. Obviously you've, 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 you come into the end of uni. That's, that's obviously cropped up. You must've applied for that. Talk, talk me through it. Well, you've applied, you've started it. You've now, what's been your big takeouts, two or three points that you've taken away from that program and thought, wow. Um, two or three big points. Great question. Uh, yeah. um, one, uh, <laughs> I think the fact we do it outside of England has been yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. And the fact there's currently only me and Sam Rowe, um, who works at Family and College, currently on yep. the course. So two Englishmen in a bunch of, I think, 17 other people, other coaches, and 14 different nationalities wow. is, is one great thing because yep. the conversations you have are like, well, I wouldn't have thought of that or we wouldn't dare do that in England. Um, so one, I think it reconfirms some of your learning and some of your methods, but also re-energises and refreshes what you're doing. So would yep. be one. Uh, I think two, having been in Holland and seen session delivery of, of how they break the game down would be mm-hmm. one of the big ones. So they see the game as a whole and then they work backwards and they say, okay, we need this, we need this. So they don't, it's not just a games-based approach. It's very, um, I don't quite know what the word is, but it's very carefully manipulated. 
in terms of uh, game forms and then a bit of gameplay and just really carefully taken apart to, to get the outcome that they wish. Okay. We won. Do I need to think of another third one? No, uh, no, no. no? Okay. If you've come up with you've come up with two there. The, the first thing I would take you back to is uh, being on the programme with all those different nationalities. Um, there must be, at times, there must be a communication barrier. Um, and I imagine that's quite a challenge. Um, I, I, I appreciate they probably all do speak English. Um, yeah. And the ones that don't, I'm pretty sure that you'll find a way of being able to communicate. But for yourself and Sam, do you, I'm guessing you've not felt isolated. I'm guessing you've felt, you've felt part of the, the others learning. How, how do you share stuff? Obviously, do you, are you in contact with the others from different parts of Europe yeah. throughout the programme? Not just on the days that you um, yeah, so one, I think hockey is the common language. Yeah. So that to everyone, that, uh, wherever you go in the world, hockey is the common language. So yeah. yes, the Dutch would call maybe a push or a slap, but on the field, the techniques look exactly the same. Yeah. So we do a lot of video work. Um, okay. And then there'd be a lot of Google Translate sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but most of the time, and you know, I'm pretty bit harsh there, but everyone can speak English. So we're lucky in that way. Yeah. Um, and I quite like picking up terminology from, okay. uh, from other countries. So been very welcoming and Dutch hospitality is um, probably the best in the world. So there's no problems there. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's been good and continues to be very good. Yeah, the, I think that, that's great. You know, it's great that yourself and Sam are involved in that. And to be fair, you know, a bit of a shout out to him. But I read some of his uh, goal scoring analysis stuff from the World Cup. Wow. Just, you know, the... Got must have square eyes. He's done some serious work there. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and at some point, I'll probably have a chat to him around uh, around that because that was just an insane piece of work. Um, but but the outcome from that is obviously huge. Of what, what that's, that's proving. One of the things that the course has definitely taught both of us and all the mm-hmm. other people on it is just to go in depth and yeah. not to believe everything that we're told. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always been a big believer in. You've got to have different. Uh, views and different perspectives and one going on the course has been really useful for that but just looking at the game in a little bit more in depth and why do things happen why has that player done that and why are we scoring goals like this and yeah yeah, all those little things of the big why and breaking the game down has been a big takeaway okay so what's what's left as part of that journey i know that you said you're going to finish off doing uh, the camp in holland at the in the summer 2019 so later uh-huh. this year so what else have you got left to do within that so we've program? got uh glasgow in april which is all yep. and team tactics so okay. we've seminar one last year in april was um individual skills so techniques uh, and then seminar two was individual tactics and then this one is team tactics and then I think the final one is actually working on a sportsways camp. So that'd be that'd be totally wicked. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I know that uh, Wakefield Hockey Club have them come over, and it just seems to be uh, absolutely week packed of uh, yeah. hockey action. So, uh, so yeah, that that'd be pretty cool to to go. Mm. Okay, so that's that's kind of given you or given listeners as well information about your journey. What's I think two key questions for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be around successes and challenges because I like to give people, you know, what, what's what's really the biggest success that you've seen along this journey for you? What's been the big thing that stands out the most to you? Obviously, you've you had the you've getting on the coaches for Europe, the stuff there. You've got futures cup mm. success. You've got ca- the stuff at Canterbury. <laughs> There's so much, but you know, is there anything that you would say is a real standout success at the moment for you? It doesn't have to be results based either. So. 
Uh, I think one to have the job that I've currently got. Yeah, uh, would be would we would be what? Sorry, one stand out. Just because yeah, yeah. I think everything's contributed to that in terms of you know going to Perth and going to various different places, and that's all led to it. So I think one, the job would be that, um, yep. and just seeing the players that I've been incredibly fortunate to work with in England has go on to great things. You know, you've got Lizzie Neal and senior GB squad at the moment, and got Hannah Griggs, who's um, North Carolina University, and then you've got the little under-14s that may have just got into county. Um, yep. So seeing the players has been been great. I'm lucky that we're in a hockey hub down here in the south. Yep. Yeah. You've not mentioned your sister yet, so we really should give her a <laughs> shout-out, shouldn't we, really? Uh, I mean, junior come Rolf, on. Alice Rolf. Um, yeah. Gary, I've got this theory that the younger sibling's always um, the best one, and I've told her that, <laughs> um, because she gets dragged along to every hockey game. You just need yep. to look at the... The research with uh, with a bit of tennis and yeah. uh, the Williams sisters, the Murray brothers, and uh, the Brownlee brothers. There's all a connection there. So Alice okay. has yeah been incredibly. So she's, um, so she's definitely her success is is down to some of your failures, really. She she's watched it, she's looked back, and she's gone well. This I is... wouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do that. Um, yeah, okay. I think it probably that's is cool. in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why she's traveling off to Belgium VDP next week and various yeah. different places and. Um, you're going to speak to Brett, so you'll have to ask Brett. But um, yeah. I think that's why she's doing so well. Yeah, um, she's probably yeah. seen some I of the deselections that I've got that she hasn't had to face all the time. Has had to yeah. face at times, um, but she's been on the same journey, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And you know, it, that was me taking a bit of fun out of it. But realistically, you know, that the the family must be massively proud of the two of you and the the stuff that you've achieved and your successes and her successes you know they are different but in some ways so similar one sport one direction uh, mm. in some some ways I think that's amazing and I think it proves you don't have to go to uh, independent school Gary no. would be one um, yep. you know both of us went to uh, I call it Waterloo Road but the Grange yep. was um, you know it was a bit rough and ready and a few people would meet 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 people in the bus lanes at three o'clock but it was a um, <laughs> And it, yeah, I think it just proves that you don't have to go to absolutely independent school. Okay, so big success really for you is your is your job. I mean, that's, yeah. that's great. Um, anything else along the way that you think? Oh, that's a that was a, a huge success for me in my journey here. Um, um, I think going to Perth was quite a big success. Uh, okay. One because never really been out of Europe, and yeah, to go and spend two months in uh, the other side of the world was. It was a pretty big step, um, and I suppose at times didn't really want to go, uh, just because right. of, of the unknown, a little bit of fear of yep. the unknown. Um, but actually, it was a huge success, and it's opened doors of opportunity, and uh, yeah, absolutely incredible. That's pretty cool. So, mm. where did do you want to? We haven't really touched on that. So, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Where did you go? What, where did yep. you, what clubs you were involved in? Uh, so, when I was working at Kent College, um, we had a guy called Craig Boyne who yep. played for Australia, and absolutely top. Oh, man, uh, we had lunch and I said, Craig, you know, what's the chances of, of heading over to Perth? Um, because I get so long off at university. Um, and he goes, ah, oh, let me think. Uh, and then a couple of weeks got back to me and said, my parents need a house sitter. Are you willing to look after the dog, look after the house, um, book your flight, you can go. So I booked my flight, uh, rocked up at the airport and uh, flew over, had absolutely no idea what to expect. Um, <laughs> just thought, okay, right, I've got to go here. Uh, did a bit of Google imaging, just kind of searching of Perth and Cotflow Beach. I thought, right, this will be a great fun. 
Um, so landed, I think it was about four o'clock on a Friday, and they play Friday night hockey in Perth. Yeah. So I got taken to the game. First person to meet is Jamie Dwyer. Second person to meet is Eddie Ockenden, and then Blake Govers. And I thought, right, okay, wow, it's a bit surreal. Um, <laughs> uh, that was kind of my first couple of hours after being hugely jet lagged, uh, being on, you know sat on the bench and listening to these guys, speaking to these guys as they went on. And the whole, whole idea of Perth, Gary, was just to get out and explore. So I sent emails to Western Force, uh, which is the rugby league team. So I'd go and see their gym. Uh, went to the Institute of Sport in Perth and just see what they do and how they manage their athletes. Uh, a bit of kookaburras training. Just It was all about exploring. And I just yeah. got out and just did so much. And I'm grateful to the people that, that looked after me. Um, had some really good brunches and uh, some nice drinks as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge success. That yeah. bit at the end there, that's won me right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I mean, that must have been an amazing journey. That must have been, you know, what a trip that 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 was. And I, I imagine coming back from there, kind of set you in good stead to to go and uh, think about your degree. And mm. which, which year was that in your, of your degree? Do you, do you uh, that would have been just before my final year. Okay. So it really kind so, of opened my eyes and yeah. definitely influenced the way I look at hockey nowadays. Cool. Right. Challenges then. And some of that journey may have been a bit of a challenge, but what's the, what do you think maybe one or two challenges that you've had to overcome to, to get to where you are today? Mm. Um, I think it's probably two. I think one would be being young, baby faced, I suppose, in a way is creating buy-in. Can yeah. often be a little bit hard just because yep. um, you're straight out of university and got these wacky ideas from, from football academies you visited and from far places that are, are outside of Canterbury and middle of England. Uh, you want to bring them back and you want to implement them or similar. Um, mm -hmm. So that's been a challenge of how do we create buy um, And the other challenge would be Canterbury Hockey Club is so big and the player range and the player ability and age is so big. Developing the individual within the team has been a continual challenge and it's been a nice challenge because mm -hmm. it has been great to develop the individual within the team okay. um, but they're the two stand out for me challenges okay. so what sort of things have you implemented on, on those challenges to to try and uh so we think about the first challenge look yeah I, I do like how you say young and baby faced so let's go with the, the young baby face yeah. jack approaches somebody to say oh i've got this idea ha Obviously, you're thinking in your head, I'm young, yeah, but yeah. Know, I've got all this experience. So how, how do you overcome that challenge? What, what, what's, obviously, you must have some confidence, Jack, to be able mm. to do it. So uh, that's, that's probably um, one way of overcoming it. Some um, still a work in progress. Um, yeah. So I think with Canterbury, we wanted to try playing 3v3 at under eight. Um, yeah. I'm a big, big advocate for it and don't believe we should have goalkeepers stuck in a cage with a helmet and stuck in a goal at that age. So to convince people <laughs> that's the right decision, the long term is tough. And it's one that's still being uh, sorted, slowly mm -hmm. being sorted. And, you know, I think part of that was one, opening their eyes to it does happen elsewhere. It's not just mm -hmm. here we're trying to do it. So we've linked a few people in. We've had a couple of people uh, from football come in and just say, OK, we do this in football. Maybe you could do it. And just yeah. from not me saying it, from someone else being not the good bad cop but someone else saying the comments um i put a 3v3 document together pdf just outlining what we want and what it looks like and the 
why and that's the important bit is why we're doing what we're doing um so there's just more than the conversations it's more around the outside and the wider conversations around that brilliant brilliant okay and then uh second one um was uh i forgot what your second one was that's really bad of me now because i was so in depth engaged what uh, developing the individual oh developing the, the individual yeah yeah so what have you have you overcome that now that's a big thing actually developing individuals within coaching is is a is a big area that i've, I've tried to sort of develop myself in but also through my coach development work try to really get people to understand so that one-to-one interaction type of stuff so be keen to to hear how have, how have you overcome some of that challenging uh, i think one i'm probably a little bit more considerate now about who i give information to and yeah. how i deliver that information yeah so i might give information that in the past i would have said but actually would have given it to someone that maybe now needs a little bit more responsibility and leadership so I might just take a bit of a back seat and say, you can present this, you take this. So yeah. sharing the trans, sharing the responsibility would be one. And how, how do I give the information and who am I giving the information to? Um, and I think my planning process has changed slightly. So now at the bottom of every planning sheet, I jot down three boxes uh, or more or less at times. And each box has got a player. And they're just little pointers about what am I going to be pretty pushy on with those players. So often I do those after the game. So I might see play the game and you know, you've got whoever, Florence, needs to you know, track the ball with two hands and needs to accelerate or should accelerate on the first touch. So that yeah. would be my point towards Florence and maybe the next couple of weeks. Um, so my planning process has certainly changed. And as much as I do all the team stuff at the bottom of every page, I definitely now have my little boxes of individual player missions, challenges, or, or just points. Yeah. Uh, and with that Gary it's not just about the the stuff that needs to be improved actually all the stuff that do really well to go and congratulate people about doing really well yeah. so one of my philosophies is notice and reward good stuff whatever yeah. that good stuff could be um, so it might be you know whatever but I go and say well done to that person when they arrive at training so that, yeah. to me that's developing the individual because it's emphasising the good stuff that they're doing I completely agree. I think that's some of the stuff that, that I've done recently with chatting to people about environments is actually trying to get them to understand that we need to be rewarding and we need to be praising mm. certainly children a lot more around the stuff that they do well. Stop picking up the bits that they're not doing so well. Really, like, you know, mass celebrate the mm. stuff that they're doing really well because that could be on and off the pitch. So you might find information out about something they've done at school they might, you know and you just think okay that you know they need to to know that that was pretty cool that was pretty awesome well done you know and it, even if it's just a step one step nearer to them being a better individual be a you know that, that means so much to them that means so much to them. and absolutely on a similar note i think i don't talk too much about the opposition when we play because it's about what we do um we can't control what they do so um you know, we're not uh, probably an 80-20, 70-30 split about what we do and what we need to twist rather than yeah. what the opposition do. Um, so that's one of the big things, again, you know, all cool. about in our favour rather than them. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it, for such a young man to have all this experience <laughs> and all this knowledge that you've got of the game. And, you you know, it, it 
it's, it generally does make me smile that you know we've got mm-hmm. someone like that like you that in this sport and you know i know there are others as well so you've already mentioned sam and there's some other there's some other really good youngsters out there and I, mm-hmm. I, you know i just wish i was able to to go back and roll back time and you know i'm i'm heading to near 40 and i'm thinking you <laughs> You know, I wish I had all this knowledge and I've had this experience and I've been exposed to all this at a younger age. And some of that is my own doing for not being so open when I was younger and not being so willing to put the work in. But, uh, you know, hey, and we're here so now. Something I've always tried to do is just take something from everywhere I go. Yeah. Whether that's going into, you know, Reading, Fulham, Football Club, mm-hmm. see their academies or Eddie Jones at England, just going and just taking stuff um, yeah. and twisting it and not copy and pasting because I don't believe in that. But, yeah, just take something from everywhere I've been. That's pretty awesome. Well done to you. You know, if I could give you a big high five through this, year, so I'd than I would. So, uh, but you Top can you can have a virtual high five for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty ace. So, just keep it up, Jack. For me, just keep that up. You know, it's it's really refreshing to to hear of someone uh, just doing what you're doing. I think I think it's pretty pretty cool. Which then leads me into pretty more, pretty much discuss more cool stuff. Um, coaching lab. I mean. This has just exploded, hasn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, it's got a bit My mental. Of social media, yeah. just uh, seeing this. So let's let's tell the listeners what is it, where did it come from, etc. Um, so when I left university, I said to myself, I need to keep learning. Um, and the CPD budget had gone, so I thought, okay, just need to continue having my conversations, and that was really valuable to me. Uh, but how do you do it? And I did not want my name over it because. You know, who am I? I'm just, it's not about me. Uh, So the coaching lab was a a neutral name. And we set up a few kind of lab hangouts where we just uh, invite a few people and have a bit of conversation. And for the club coaches, I put these paper and I literally paper cards together. Um, I printed them off from PowerPoint and got them done and went to the university library and laminated them and whatever. And uh, gave them to a few club coaches and they said, oh, wicked. Uh, gave them to a few other coaches. They said they're really cool. And so then someone said, well, why don't you just go and get them produced? And I thought, oh, no, we can't do that. Uh, looked into it. It was possible. Um, so now the coaching lab has got 60 match play cards. Um, the missions, uh, constraints, breaking down the barriers for coaches of not having to have a deep understanding of constraints-led approach. Um, mm-hmm. And inspiring and fueling session design. And I'd like to think, creating and definitely supporting uh players to think independently yeah they are they are pretty cool they are pretty cool um you know that so we've got white cards we've got yellow cards we've got green cards we've got gray um, yeah. without putting you on the spot the white white cards do you want to uh, talk individual to... yeah so, so they're like individual towards challenges towards okay. the, yeah um we've got yellow so reflective so yeah. asking some big questions in there you know uh and we've got one who's the most creative player you've played with or against and why. So again, yeah. recognising what players do well. Uh, yeah. And then we've got grey, which is more team-based. But yeah. I would say the white and the grey are... You know, I, I actually put on one of the cards, there are no rules. So that's why yeah. a lot of the white and the grey just mix together so nicely. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's fine. Ah, I'm just going to take you through um, a couple which I've, I used recently. So, okay, go for it. Um, uh, uh, delivered a session and just uh-huh. ran well um actually i didn't deliver the session someone else delivered the session and i i was listening to to their feedback and they just sort of asked me if i could come in and be reflective with the players yeah yeah no problem at all so the card that i had in my head on this was 
I'd only seen it earlier in the day because obviously I've got your package. Thanks very yeah. much. Um, it was Sorry. how many how many different ways have uh, you moved with and without the ball today? And yep. do you know what? Those kids, they were 13, they were under 14, so they were 12, 13-year-olds. Their way of thinking in and around that was just amazing. I just loved listening. So I, I made them have a few minutes on their own, then talked to them about it in their team. And then we came back and chatted about it. And the coach just looked at me and said, I've never really thought about asking that question. And I, I dared tell him that basically neither had I. It was just <laughs> things that was in my head from your cards. Um, yeah. um, and, I, you know, I'd got, I'd got other reflective questions I wanted to ask. But I was really keen because the question, they were doing loads of little four on four, five on five type of stuff. And I was just conscious. Do they actually know the different ways that they've moved with and without the ball? So they were trying to think of, to begin with, they were thinking of just things they'd done with the ball and different ways they'd move. But then when I asked them to think about without the ball, they were like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, is that not as important, if not more important? Because if you, you can only get the ball if you're in a good position to receive the ball. So what, what, what different ways have you moved without the ball today to get to receive it? Um, and that prompted loads of little conversations between those 12, 13-year-olds. He had never had this much engagement. And I, I did tell him at the end that basically that was a question I'd stolen from one of your cars. <laughs> um, but kids of that age, Gary, have got some wacky ideas about yeah. how to get away. Oh. They used to play in tag, aren't they? Or you know, five-a-side football on the playing ground. Yeah, yeah. There was no, there was no restrictions. There was mm. definitely no restrictions from what they were coming up with, and they had some, they had some awesome ideas. Um, another one which I've used. Um, we were looking at goal scoring. Um, mm-hmm. We'd done bits of three on three where they got different points for different goals, but then when we went into a bit of six on six. They couldn't score the same goal twice within this six-minute yep. period. So they're having to be really creative. And obviously, that's one of yours. I think it's called originality or something like mm-hmm. that, I think it is. Yep. Um, and again, just things like that, I just think are, are really cool to have. You know, it just prompts little things for me. I'm sure it gives loads of stuff for some other people as well. Yeah. I, I just really liked it, you know, um, beat the clock type of stuff, the hide and seek that you've got in your match cards, there's mm. the defensive stuff that you bring in. So it's not just about goal scoring. It's, a, it's completely challenging players from different types of stuff. Mm. I, I really like it. And, I, you know, well done for, for bringing those. Um, Thank you very much. So we've spoken about them. Where can people get them from? Uh, you can get them online. So the coachinglab.org, yeah. uh, full international delivery. So happy to send them on their way to wherever they wherever you are in the world. Um yeah, check out the website or on Twitter at the underscore coaching lab. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Hopefully people will come in. Um, I've been amazed at where in the world these have been going. <laughs> okay. so, so am I, Gary. Yeah. Been, um, so, yeah, it's pretty damn so cool. Do you, want to, do you want to share some of those? Where they, where, where's the wackiest place you've had to send uh, these right now? I've got Beijing. That's quite cool. I've yeah. uh, got a few places in Mexico, um, Argentina. Uh, Tasmania, a uh, little place down there. Yeah, it's just mental, Gary. Unbelievable. Um, and then close to home in you know, Sweden, Germany, Holland, yeah. uh, Belgium. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. And one of the philosophies I had with it and how throughout my coaching is don't be boring, be exciting. Yeah. So we could very easily tell people what what's on the cards and we could speak that uh, verbally. Yeah. But actually, the fact you get the card is just more more powerful, more, you know, you just feel part of it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's inspired me. I've, I've, uh, 
uh, I've started to to mess around with a few bits and pieces. I'm definitely not going to go into selling cards, but um, <laughs> uh, my children are massively into superheroes. There's been a few things around um, when I've delivered sessions for around their eights and i think the way to engage them has has been around this superhero stuff there's loads of kids that are massively mm. into superheroes whether it's males or females so i've got a boy and a girl so uh they've both been giving me different superheroes what their superpowers are and we've been trying to connect that to, to hockey and what we can bring on a pitch so at the moment That's we've cool. got 30 of those oh, um, nice. i've been sh- uh, i've been sharing them out a little bit on social media as well for people to just use i saw that nick davy has recently done something similar with it as well mm-hmm. so Fortnite I just think that... rugby seems quite cool i think and trendy yeah. at the moment yeah definitely so the, obviously we've got other cards that have been out there which uh you know we, you've seen with the, the magic academy and stuff like that i just think everybody bringing all these stuff this stuff together just gives us more resources to be able to tap into it's not a you must use and i know that you're not saying it's a must use it's a does it just inspire you to to have a few more ideas and I just think it's wicked, you know, and just mm. for me, just I'm so I'm I'm so excited to see where you you and the coaching lab go next. And um, it's just been great just seeing your journey. And you know, I remember meeting you a fair few years ago now at Sportfest mm. and you came along and you were quite happy to just get t- t- tucked in. And we, we, we cracked on and, you know, amazing to see this is where you are today. So, you know, from me, massive, massive thumbs up. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully, people will engage with you more on social media. I know mm. you've got a huge following as it is. You'll get more of these cards sold. Just, just great. Keep evolving. Keep learning. So it's yeah, been a pleasure. Absolutely. To, to no, get, thank you for the opportunity, get... though, Gary. No. <laughs> hey, yo, yo, thank you for keeping me informed <laughs> of what you're doing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, um, so let's just reiterate again. If people want to get in touch with you, you've got your website, Coaching Lab. Mm. You've got social media. So it's... Uh, the underscore uh, coaching lab at yep. and that's on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a Facebook page as well? Uh, yep, just on the yep. coaching lab uh, on Facebook. Okay. Or my personal Twitter is uh, JPR underscore twenty five. Um, send me a message. Always keen to chat and get out and explore. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so thanks again for your time, Jack. Hopefully the listeners have got something from this, and we can uh, we can engage in more conversation again soon. Cheers, Gary.